Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 podcast, a one-off podcast we'd rather not make. But as the news was made official, there was no putting off looking back at the Manchester City career of none other than Ilkay Gundogan as his time at the club comes to an end. Underrated or a slow burner, he was undoubtedly a key figure in multiple trophy triumphs and a giant on and off the pitch. To discuss his time at City and what it all means, and not just that, because we're going to look at a couple of other interesting topics as well uh, in this close season. I'm delighted, of sorts, and I say of sorts because, as I said, I'd rather Ilkay Gundogan have signed for another three years. I'm delighted to be joined by none other than Asan and Lloyd. Uh, good morning, Asan. How are you? Morning, Howard. I'm really good. Yeah. I'm recovered from the weekend, still on a little bit of a high from, from the wow. live pod that we did. That's topic um, one of the other things. I thought I'd drop it in. How, how <laughs> was it for you? Um, honestly, I, I tweeted this afterwards. Probably one of the highlights of my life, wow. just genuinely. Like it was just the whole day was just pretty amazing. Um, the turnout was was amazing. I, I had a really good time, and I think that everybody there had a good time. All of the contributors did, and felt like the audience did as well. And I don't know, just to see it all sort of, you know, what began all those years ago, to see it all kind of coalesce into something like that was, uh, was yeah, it was quite moving. Mm. People taking the time out on the hottest day of the year to watch me talk shit. Is, is <laughs> in a darkened room. In a darkened room, yes. <laughs> hey, I have to say, I want to give a shout out to the air conditioning at Gulliver's because considering how hot it was <laughs> outside, we were all right up there. Yeah, it, well, it, was, it wasn't that bad at all, was it? It's probably worse outside, no. to be honest. So, uh, yeah, so when's the next one then, hey, Sam? I'd like to do it the weekend before the season starts, but isn't that the weekend of the Charity Shield? Um, maybe we'll do like, a, since we're all boycotting the, the Charity Shield anyway, maybe we'll do like a, a screening of the Charity Shield and do a live pod around that. that. That's, That's my current yeah. plan. Well, it, currently it's 4pm on the Sunday, is it not? The Community Shield, so it does give the option of a Could Saturday one, Saturday, I yeah. don't know. Oh, that's a great idea, actually. Okay, well, there you go. That's when I want to do it. Okay. I want to do it on the uh, on the Saturday. Uh, Lloyd, morning to you. Morning. How was it for you as well, the live podcast? Enjoy it? Yeah, it was, it was great. Um, I, I completely echo what, what Asan said. Um, it was quite humbling, really. Mm. I think it's probably the best word to describe it. Um, but, no, great to meet a few listeners, Funny to funny to walk in like an hour forty five before when we were like, oh, let's go do a sound check, let's make sure it's all alright, let's check the room out. And there were just like a few groups of blokes just like sat around interspersed in the pub and just look at them and they look at us and everyone's just like, I know why you're here. I know why you're here <laughs> I found that I found that really funny. Um but no, it was great and yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely do another one. Good to know that we can do it and, um, you know, people will turn out for it. Yeah. No, I, I just echo those thoughts completely. I was probably spaced out for the whole day, to be honest, because I was pretty nervous, let's be honest. I've never spoken in public before. So, yeah, apologies to anyone I didn't say hi to, but I did say hi to loads of people and it was great to see you. And it was essentially a test event as well. Uh, oh, they got loads of ideas buzzing around for future ones and... 
probably a shorter show as well because when you're discussing the treble, we could have gone on for ten hours really, to be honest. So we did quite well to keep it down to about three, three and a half. Uh, not time for more Q and As, but as I say, uh, it was it was a great education for us as well about uh, doing stuff in the future. So really excited about that, and it was absolutely brilliant to meet people and well. We so we were going, we were debating weren't we doing the show before the season ended so it turned out all right in the end doing it after the after the season ended. Are you giving me a bit of credit there, Howard? Um, just leaving it in the ether. <laughs> no, it it was it was a really good idea to wait until until everything was done. I think that makes sense actually. I think for future as well. I think mm. doing them after all the potential games have been played, it just you know what you're talking about then. Imagine how nervous I'd been if it was an actual Champions League preview show instead of a <laughs> yeah, No, that'd show. be horrible. Yeah, I'd really been sweating then, wouldn't I? So, yeah, it turned out very well indeed. And yeah, really excited about doing stuff in the future. And considering I used the C word about a certain journalist, it's probably just as well the recording didn't work. So, <laughs> pluses all the way through. So, yeah, brilliant. Anyway, before we, uh, we've got a lot to pack into this show. You, Close season, you think we'd have nothing to talk about, but of course we have. Uh, it seems to be busier during a close season most years and than it is during the season. And just before we get on to Ilkay Gundogan, of course, which is naturally what this show is mostly about, we have to have a quick chat about Declan Rice. Now, uh, just a quick caveat here. This is a story that's moving quickly. This will not be our only thoughts now, I'm sure something's going to happen later this week and of course we will talk about him separately again and have other content on Declan Rice as and when this story develops because I think we said off air does it feel like a story that's going to drag out for weeks and weeks and weeks I think by the end of the week we'd kind of know who Declan Rice will be playing football for next but I think it would be remiss of us not to have a very uh, a brief talk about this you know developing story so Aysan I'm going to start with you and it's the most general of all questions. What are your thoughts on the entire situation? Do you want him? How do you think this is going? Do you find it weird that his skill set is what we're going for? Basically, it's an open forum for you to just to chat what you think about this, the situation right now. Um, I mean, look, I, I think from a uh, from a sort of talent ID point of view and... and and his skill set and, and how good he is and whether he's good enough to play for City. I think that I've got my opinions. I really like Declan Rice. I think he's a really good player. I think that he has room to grow and improve in a way that... Or, in fact, I think that he's got the perfect type of raw materials to give to somebody like Guardiola and go, go on then, turn him into a world-class marauding centre midfield player. And I think that that's what if we sign him, I think that that's what Pep will will do. Uh, I can't help but feel if City have bid £90 million, it's because Guardiola has gone, I really want him. Mm. And that's also a big thing for me. I think that going into, going into the weekend, my feeling was there's a lot of talk around City, but there hasn't really been any action so far. And there was many ways of rationalising that. But sort of deep down inside, my my only real worry was how much how serious City actually were. Um, go on. What you just said then, 
A lot of people see, you like to think that we won't bid unless we know we've got his word is coming. But do you think we're prepared to fail with a bid for the yeah. reason you said that Pep wants him so much? Yeah. He said, no, just try. If yeah. we fail, yeah, we yeah. fail. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that um, similar to Bellingham, where they obviously lost out, I think that there's obviously uh, a reality when you really want a player, but the market is competitive and your competition are your rivals. I don't think that, you know, the, the way that, I don't think that City are one thing. I don't, I think that they're a, they're a constantly evolving organization. And I think you're right that maybe the City of two or three years ago would say, well, if you don't only want to come to us, then we're not going to sign you. But the, I think they're a bit more realistic these days and certainly when it comes to what you would consider to be elite talent and then when you layer on top of that when you're talking about english british elite talent it's going to be competitive you know you have to mm. part of signing the player is showing the player well we we want you more than they want you and this is how we can show you that we want you more than they want you um so yeah, I think we are prepared to fail. I, right now, I don't know what will happen. I, I said to somebody last night, it still feels 50-50 to me. Now, maybe that's me managing my own expectations. Um, maybe it's connected to the amount of noise early doors kind of built around the idea that he only wanted to go to Arsenal, but he wasn't interested in moving to City. Um, but I do think he'd be a great signing. In fact, I, I go further. I think he'd be a massive hit. Genuinely, I think that he's a guy who um, the more that I've kind of read up on him and, and the more people that I've spoken to, uh, I, I just feel as though he's somebody who who will develop under Pep at a fast rate and who will make an impact on our first team straight away. Um, even if he isn't a, like a, a kind of a direct kind of replica of Gundo, they're obviously very different players. Mm. Well, I mean, a lot of people say, where's he fitting the team? But Pep clearly wants him. That's all we need to know, in a way. I don't think he that's a question. He therefore has a plan. Mm, I don't think it's a question of where he fits in. I think it's very clear from the fact that they said that they wouldn't bid for him unless Gundo left, that he is Ilkay Gundogan's replacement. Whether whether people want to accept that or not is a separate conversation. He's not coming to be Rodri's backup. He's not coming to be a squad mm. player. He's literally coming to play the minutes that Gundo played previously. Well, someone needs to fill in for Rodri in some games anyway. Uh, yeah, but that's the flexibility a... that that's uh, the flexibility that somebody like exactly. him will give you. He's flexible. Yeah, but that will be part of his job because uh, sure. Tomorrow morning we're doing the Rodri player review and. That's fair. To, it's fair to say he's been flogged to death, <laughs> Rodri. So that is one aspect of Declan Rice. But and also at the end of this, I guess I think one of my final questions is about replacing players, and that's kind of a fallacy in a way. So mm. uh, do, have we ever completely replaced the player, like for like? I don't know. But as you say, he fits the bill in so many ways that he's flexible and multiple ways he can be used in his team uh, and personality-wise, obviously ticks all the boxes. Lloyd, before the live show on Saturday, I, I think we chatted briefly. I said, I really like Declan Rice. I want to sign him. But also, if we didn't, I'd be I'd be over it pretty quickly. Maybe because it's his position and there's other areas, perhaps, or maybe I do want someone who's 
obviously more attacking, but I think that's where I st- I'm still at. I really right now I'd like I would be a bit gutted if we didn't sign him, but it's not the end of the world. It's not a like it's not a I re- we really need him and it's it's game changing for us as a club. Where do you stand with Rice? Uh, are you excited at the prospect of him coming as well? Well, I think. 10 a.m. At the, on on Saturday was never wanted him anyway. He's shite. And <laughs> by about one one p.m. one thirty, it was oh, he's a good player, good player. Um, always had a good game against us. So, um, yeah, I mean, so what I said, I, I'll, I'll I'll be pretty consistent with what I've said all the way through. I've always had a slight doubt um, on Rice in terms of literally just whether he's technically good enough to play in the number eight for C. But I must say, I, I think some of that um, concern from my side has been allayed actually by the fact that City have now bid and they are clearly, clearly in for him. And Guardiola, obviously, if we're going to put down 80 plus 10 million, clearly thinks he can do the job and he knows a lot more about yeah. football than I do. So I think actually... Whilst I do, whilst I do have that doubt, I think a lot of that's actually been allayed by, by the seriousness of, of of City's interest. And you know, I think it's one thing talking about, oh, City are going to bid, and um, they're definitely interested in the player, and blah blah blah. But now, now Gundo's gone, and we've kind of made that concrete, and we've obviously got some sort of indication from Rice's people, I would say, to put a bid da- like that down. Then that actually makes me feel a lot more secure, and I do now want us to get it over the line because the enormity of losing Gundo, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, I think has definitely dawned on all of us after uh, yesterday's announcement. So, so yeah, um, I mean, Rice as a player, I mean, I really rate him. Um, whenever you watch West Ham, he's stood out like a complete sore thumb. If you speak to any Hammer fan, Hammers, you know they talk about him in the absolute highest of regard um, and like I said he's not played loads of football as a pure number eight but I think what Rice definitely gives would give City and Guardiola is he's such a such a multifunctional player I think he could play that Stones position I think he could play the Rodri position um, they obviously think and you know I'm starting to feel more comfortable he could play in a number eight position to have someone that could do that in our team and how difficult it is to be kind of tactically flexible I think that is a bit of a Swiss army knife and look how useful Bernardo and Phil and Gundo and those guys that can jump around a bit have been down the years so there's definitely something something to that as well and you know I think at 24 he's already been captain of West Ham for three years and you're signing someone again if it does get over the line who obviously has those kind of leadership qualities and that's also something we've lost with Gundo um, you know slightly different leader but um, it's always important to have one eye on those things as well so there's a, there's a lot of reasons why it makes sense and now we are at the table naturally I very much would like City to, to get over the line um, Just to say uh, West Ham have formally rejected that bid Yeah It's just, uh, it's just broken on uh... That's not a surprise, on, is it? Though, yeah, in fair. the Telegraph. No, this I, is the I, game that gets played. Yeah, is it not? Absolutely. I got told last night that uh, City were were prepared to go again, so I I expect that they expected that it would get knocked back. Thanks for listening to the first fifteen minutes of the show. 
to listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.